Hello, my friends. This is Pastor Christopher Allen. Again, I trust you are all having a wonderful day. Uh, we are talking about the healing ministry of Jesus, and uh, which is uh, a part of our uh, series on um, realities of redemption. So we are talking about the healing ministry of Jesus, and I've taken several days on this subject matter about the healing ministry of Jesus. Is because Jesus is our best example to follow. So we have gone in depth, in detail, studying several of the, uh, of the miracles that took place in the ministry of Jesus Christ. And I also must point out that uh, there are many, many, many examples of miracles that Jesus did in the four Gospels, but we have only taken a few of them. In addition to that, uh, John, at the end of his Gospel, he says that many more miracles than these Jesus did, which are not even recorded. So we are taking, we have taken some of them just to, uh, you know, illustrate and to bring out certain points so that we ourselves can, can emulate Jesus and learn him, uh, uh, you know, and learn from him. Now, uh, before I go any further, uh, today I'm going to talk about the keys to the ministry of Jesus. And before I go any further, I would like to share with you yet another story, a testimony that I have been sharing. And this uh, this is from a crusade uh, which we did in Burma. Now, if you remember, uh, I talked about that insurgent general who got saved, whose ear, ear was deaf and who was partially deaf in the other ear because of exploding bombs and ordnance and how he got uh, healed and how he, he received Jesus and I baptized him. Well, it is from that crusade which I did at his his base where, I mean, where he lived. Uh, this is um, this was in Shan State, which is the largest state in Burma, and he controlled a large chunk of Shan State, uh, he and his guerrillas, the, the insurgent movement he led. So he asked me, he said, Pastor, could you please come and do a crusade in my area, which I did. And in this crusade, we saw many people saved, many people healed, it was amazing. And uh, I, I want to share with you a wonderful miracle that took place right there. Now, the first night I saw two ladies, uh, an older lady and a young lady. Uh, they were basically propping up this young man who looked totally emaciated. He was like a skeleton. So the lady said that she came up holding up this young man and they said, this is, uh, um, I am this young man's mother, he's my son and this young lady is his sister and he is dying of AIDS. He has full-blown AIDS. Uh, he was in the hospital for infectious diseases in Mandalay and they have released him from there and told him to go home. Uh, they have actually sent him home to die because there's nothing more they can do for him. So we are from you know, a distance away, there was another town, I don't know, maybe an hour, two hours away. So they said, we came from there uh, to, uh, because we heard of this crusade. Could you please pray for my son? So I prayed for the boy and uh, then they were back again the next night, told me the same story, wanted prayer again. I prayed for them, uh, prayed for the boy again. Then on the third day, what happened was uh, we had so many people come from other towns and they were very poor. So I had organized meals for people from other towns. So we were feeding them. So what happened was I told my team leader, I said, brother, can you go and check and see how everybody is doing that the people are being fed and taken care of. So he went there. When he went there, he saw the two ladies, the mother and daughter at the table and they were eating. And the young man was laying on a mat on the floor. 
And so as he passed by them, the older lady, she said, excuse me, brother. I said, yes. She says, uh, I know you're with Pastor Christopher. Could you please ask him to pray for my son because he has cancer. I'm sorry, he has AIDS and he's dying. And, and my team leader said, she said, uh, madam, uh, if I remember correctly, Pastor Christopher has prayed for your son both the night before last and last night. And she said, yes, he did. Could you ask him to pray again? And he said that, why should he pray again? Because don't you believe God heard him the first and the second nights? And he said this just to get something out of her, get a rise out of her. And she said, yeah, yeah, I believe God heard him. Then he said, well, if God has already heard him, then uh, you don't need more prayer. You need faith. You need to believe God that God has heard the prayer. Uh, wouldn't you agree? She said, yes. Then she says, well, why is he on the ground? Well, you know, he can't teach. She says, listen, if you believe that God has heard Pastor Christopher's prayer, then this is what you need to do. You need to start talking about your son as if he's a healed person and not a sick person. Begin to treat him like a healed person and not as a sick person. So feed him something. And so they picked him up and gave him a few grains of rice and she said, I'll do that. Well, what happened was that they never came back again. We never saw them again. And we wondered whether they had been offended and left or whatever. Anyway, six months later, my team leader gets a letter from the young lady, the sister, in which she says, brother, uh, she said, brother, I just want you to know, uh, I want you to hear what the Lord has done. We did what we were told to do. We began to treat my brother as if he was a healed person and not a sick person. We began to talk about him that way. And he immediately began to put on weight. He began, he got better and better. We took him back to the hospital for infectious diseases. They tested him and they found out that he was completely healed from AIDS. He's HIV negative. Not only that, she says, she wrote that, tell Pastor Christopher that my brother is even bigger than him. He's fatter than him. He's put on so much weight and now he's in Bible school and he wants to be an evangelist. Well, that young man who was raised up from the final stages of AIDS became an evangelist and a church planter and God used him mightily in the nation of Burma. I'm telling you this because I want you to understand this one thing, my friends, that with God, nothing is impossible and all things are possible if we believe. Hallelujah. Well, let's get down to today's lesson. And we want to talk about the keys to the ministry of Jesus. And but first of all, I want you to I, I want to tell you something. Jesus came to give us soterio or sozo. What does that mean? Soterio on sozo. Uh, sozo comes from the word soterio. Uh, they mean salvation. That's the Greek word translated as salvation. But that same word sozo, which is translated as salvation, is also translated healing as healing in the Bible. It's interesting because when we think of salvation, we think of forgiveness of sin. But the Greek word translated as salvation, the word sozo, uh, is sozo is, yes, it is the Greek word for salvation, yet its meaning goes far beyond salvation of sins. It also means healing from diseases. Uh, uh, so also carries the meaning of being physically healed from diseases and to be delivered from the enemy in the spiritual sense, uh, to be set free from the enemy, to be healed from diseases. The word sozo, it means salvation, deliverance, safety, healing, soundness and preservation. Hallelujah. So the word salvation 
is not just forgiveness of sin. It means salvation. It means healing. It means preservation. It means deliverance, wholeness and soundness. Hallelujah. What a mighty God we serve. Anyway, now let's go to the keys to the ministry of Jesus. Uh, and the first key. Now, th th these are keys. These keys are conclusions that I have drawn from studying the ministry of Jesus, how he operated, how he healed the sick. And we we studied the keys to his his ministry, especially in the areas of healing and deliverance. And the first key is faith, is faith. And when we talk about faith, um, I want to first start by showing you from John 11 verses 41 and 43. This is when Jesus was going to raise up Lazarus. It says, then they took away the stone from the place where the dead laid and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me. And I know that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it that they may believe that thou hast sent me. This is interesting. Jesus, he prays, he turns to the father and he says, Father, I know that you always hear me. Now that was, that is faith. He was always confident in the fact that the father always heard him. Jesus is the ultimate example of a man who walked in faith in God. And, uh, you know, he placed a great emphasis on faith. He placed some, some, you know, I've heard people say silly things like, well, faith isn't important. It's Jesus. No, there is no, there's no faith without Jesus and there's no Jesus without faith. Hebrews 11.6 says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. You cannot touch Jesus or reach him without faith because he who believes uh, he who comes to God must believe that he is and he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So faith is very important. It's important for us to develop faith and to be strong in faith because Jesus himself talked about faith. And uh, now I know, I know people have this attitude, you know, a negative attitude sometimes to faith because they've heard faith teachers who have taught things that are bad, that are goofy. And I know that, but look, in every single movement, every single denomination, there are people who have gone overboard with certain things, even if the essence of what they are teaching is correct, it's scriptural, but they have gone overboard in, you know, with, with certain things and they have exaggerated certain things. And, and you do not reject a truth because some people have taken it and, and taken it too far. You don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. So it's a very dangerous thing when people develop an attitude that we have to knock and attack faith preachers and reject everything that uh, people teach about faith just because we have heard a couple of faith preachers who have taught a, a lot of wrong things. Because I want to tell you, for every faith preacher who has taught wrong things, I can point out dozens of people who preach faith, who God has used mightily upon this earth. So we, we, must, we must have a balanced view of something. Never let, never be offended by what people, uh, by, by the exaggerations of people or the wrong teachings of people and cause that you, and cause, sorry, cause that to turn you away from a very important principle of the word of God. I repeat myself, never let the faults and the exaggerations you see in a group of preachers 
caused you to turn away from very important truths in the word of God. So faith is important. And that was the first key in the ministry of Jesus. Jesus was a faith preacher. He was a man of faith and he emphasized faith. If you look at it, for example, all these people who were healed, who he said to your faith has healed you. Daughter, your faith has healed you. Your faith has made you whole. Again and again, we see that in the scripture, he told people that they had been healed because of their faith, because they had faith. So if they didn't have faith, they wouldn't be healed. Faith of the centurion. I've never seen such faith in Israel. So, you know, faith is important. He emphasized faith. In Mark 11, uh, verse 22, Jesus said uh, to his disciples, he says, have faith in God. When they saw the fig tree that had been withered, when he had spoken to it and they were excited and Jesus said, have faith in God. That's what he said, have faith in God. In Mark 8:26, when they were in the boat, he said to them, and there was a storm that threatened to blow, you know, blow everything away and to sink the boat. And Jesus said, why are you fearful, O ye of little faith? He said, why are you afraid? O ye of little faith. So we also see that fear is the opposite of faith. But he says, O ye of little faith. He actually berated them and rebuked them for having little faith. Then Jesus said in Mark 9.23, he said to him, if you can believe all things are possible to him that believe. And that's the power of faith. Wow. All things are possible if you believe. If you have faith, suddenly it takes the lid, uh, the, the lid of your of your impossibilities and all things become possible. So, so faith, faith is important and, uh, and we must have faith. And, but you know, faith should be acquired. Faith, we have to acquire faith. And, and how do you get faith? And, and if faith is weak, we, we have to get stronger faith. So how do, you, how do you acquire faith? How do you get stronger faith? Well, there's only one way to get faith. Romans 10, 17, say, 17 says, so faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. There are no shortcuts to the acquisition of faith. You cannot get faith by people laying hands on your head or by falling down when someone prays for you or by shouting or running or having a spell of holy laughter. Faith doesn't come through these things. Faith comes simply by the word of God. In fact, let me put it this way. The level of faith in your life will depend, will correspond directly to the level of the word in your life. If you are a man of the word, you will be a man of faith. So spend time in your Bible, in your word, meditate on the scripture. Then uh, there are several things you have to do if you want more faith. First, you read the scripture. Secondly, you believe the scripture. Second, thirdly, you, you, you speak the word with your mouth. Speak the word. You meditate on it and speak it. Speak it. Speak the word with your mouth. And fourthly, you act on the word. So those are the four steps to faith. You hear or read the word. Then secondly, you believe the word. Thirdly, you speak the word. Fourthly, you act on the word. So faith is essential. And, uh, and uh, the, 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 the foundation of faith is the word of God. So uh, there's no getting around it. There's no faith without the word. So we have to stay in the word of God to be strong in faith. But once you have faith, beloved, and you nurture the faith and keep that faith and, and act according to it and speak faith in every situation, the Bible says nothing will be impossible for you and for me. Hallelujah. The second uh, key to uh, the, 
the miracle ministry of Jesus after faith was the anointing of the Holy Ghost and faith in the anointing. The anointing is the Holy Spirit. He is a person. The anointing is not a thing, but he's a person. The Holy Ghost is a person. So the anointing of the Holy Spirit and faith in the Holy Spirit. When Jesus, you know, the first 30 years of his life, he didn't do any miracles. But then when he went to the river Jordan and he was baptized and the Bible said he came out of the river and after he had been baptized by John and he came outside of the river, he stood on the bank of the river and he prayed. As he prayed, the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit came upon him. So the third person of the Trinity came upon him and there was a voice that spoke from heaven. It was the voice of the Father who said, this is my son, this is my beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. And that was the point, the turning point, because the Bible says from there, Jesus full of the Holy Ghost went forth and he began to preach the word and he began to heal the sick and cast out demons and his, his fame spread all through the region. So I always say this, Jesus came to the river Jordan empty, but he went from the river Jordan full, full of the Holy Ghost. And uh, I like to say this, that if Jesus, who is God himself and who is the spirit who is the word of God himself. And he is the son of God. He's the word of God. He's divine. He's God himself. If he needed to be filled with the Holy Ghost in order to do ministry, how much more don't you and I need to be full of the Holy Spirit, full of the anointing of God. And then he went to his, uh, his home synagogue. And in Luke 14, this is when he proclaims he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's proclaiming. I mean, he's reading from Isaiah chapter 61, but this is his proclamation. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind and to set at liberty them that are bruised. You see, it takes the anointing to preach the gospel. It has, takes the anointing to heal the brokenhearted, to open the sight, uh, the eyes of the blind and to bring deliverance to the captives. So that was the number two key to the ministry of Jesus. He was full of the Holy Ghost. He was full of the anointing of God. And then Acts 10.38, and this is the testimony of Peter who walked with Jesus and observed his ministry up close. And he said, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. God, the Father, anointed the Lord Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power. And as a result, it says, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. And when God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, the Holy Ghost and with power, Jesus went about doing good and he went about healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Notice that Jesus called sickness and disease oppression of the devil and he went around healing them because the Holy Ghost always destroys the works of the devil. So that is the second key, the third key, to, uh, second key to the ministry of Jesus. The first key was faith. The second key is the anointing of the Holy Spirit. The third key is intimacy with the Father. And we see in John chapter 5, when Jesus goes to the pool of Bethesda and heals the paralyzed man there. And then the Pharisees, everyone is wondering, you know, what happened? And then the Pharisees, the Jews come. And this is what Jesus says to the Jews. 
It then answered Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. For what things soever he does, these also does the Son likewise. You see, Jesus, his, his ministry was, was like this, intermeshed with the Father. Uh, whatever he did, he said, I can only do those things which the Father shows me to do. He said, I can do nothing by myself. I can only do those things which I see the Father do. And then he says, for whatever the Father does, I, who am the Son, I do the same thing because the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does. This is wonderful. This is a picture of the intimacy that the Lord Jesus had with the Father. You know, he said things like, I and my Father are one. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. And now he's saying, the, I can do nothing except what I see the Father do. But the Father loves me and he shows me all things. And I do what he does. Now, this, you know, this is, a, this is a pattern for what ministry is like. Ministry is not about, you know, us uh, knowing the word and having faith and we go out and do our things. That's not ministry. Ministry is walking with the Father, is doing what the Father does. A lot of what we see these days is, is showmanship. You know, people, you give, you give a microphone, uh, you give a man a microphone, put him on a platform and he will do his showmanship. And of course, people will be healed. The word of God is powerful anyway. People and everyone will say, oh, that's spiritual ministry. That's not ministry, beloved. That's showmanship. That is a man doing his thing. What real ministry is, is walking in intimacy with the Father and, 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 and being totally dependent upon the Father and knowing and seeing what the Father does and doing what the Father does and walking in the Father's love. He says, look, I can do nothing of myself. I can only do the things that I see the Father does because the Son, that's what He does. He does what His Father does because the Father loves me and shows me all things. And uh, I must conclude with this today and I will continue tomorrow. And I say, may all of us walk at that place, seek that place of intimacy with the Father. May our lives, our ministry, when we serve people, uh, uh, let that flow out of our relationship, out of our intimacy with the Father, because that's when there is peace, there is power, there is life and it's not, it's, it's not about you and me being driven to do anything or you and I having to uh, create a ministry or, 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 or anything of that sort, but, but uh, it is about walking with the Father. So that was a key to the ministry of Jesus. The first key was faith. The second key was the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And the third key is intimacy with the Father. And all these things we have to seek. We have to seek faith in the Word of God. And we have to seek the, the Holy Spirit and his anointing upon our lives in the place of, of prayer because the anointing came upon Jesus when he stood and prayed and it still comes the old-fashioned way when we are in the place of prayer. That is when the anointing comes upon us. And the third thing is intimacy. Intimacy comes through devotion, through fellowship with the Father. And those are the most precious, the most important times in our lives when we seek the Lord and seek his presence and, and seek to be with him. And that is when God speaks with us and deals with us and works for us. May we all find that place and walk in it. And tomorrow we're going to talk about other things, other keys to the ministry of Jesus. And um, 
But uh, right now, let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my brothers and sisters who can hear my voice. I ask you to put your hand upon them, touch them, use them wonderfully and mightily in the name of Jesus. Lord, if there's any sick person who can hear my voice right now, I pray for healing for their bodies. I curse every spirit of infirmity, sickness and disease in the name of Jesus. Father, you said that you'd bless our food and our water and turn every sickness away from us. I pray, Father, that every sickness, disease, infirmity shall be turned away from these homes, from these families. Let them be blessed in all things in every way. Father, those who uh, uh, are, are watching this, Father, may they know the precious anointing, the precious presence of your Holy Spirit. May their hearts be filled with faith as they spend time in your word. And may you use them mightily in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Uh, I've heard from several people in different countries talking about how they've been blessed watching this. And if you're one of them, if God has spoken something to you, I'd be glad to hear that. Please let me know either on Facebook or through a private message. And I have put uh, the, all these videos. We have made 17 so far. I believe this will be number 18. Uh, if you go to my Facebook channel, uh, my um, YouTube channel, which is called Dynamis World Ministries, or just put my name, Christopher Alam, and you will see, uh, it's called The Realities of Redemption. Uh, and then the title of the message, I've got 17. This will be the 18th message. So please do go there and we have everything up on Facebook also. And also on, on YouTube, we have many messages pre that I preached in different countries, different churches that have been put up by those churches. You'll find those also. Anyway, I wish you all God's blessings and see you tomorrow. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it.